how disappointed are you that you will not be a, a 49er? Not as disappointed as the 49ers will be that they didn't draft me. And why did I play that particular clip? You know why. Because if you're an NFL fan, unless you were under a rock, you saw what happened last night. Green Bay Packers got upset at home after having the number one seed by San Francisco 49ers. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at this thing from a couple different angles. Um, first, to me, and this is, this is going to be a take that maybe a lot of people don't agree with, Aaron Rodgers is overrated, plain and simple. Everyone talks about how this guy is the greatest thrower of football we've ever seen. He's possibly the greatest, you know, he's in the argument for greatest quarterback of all time. First of all, let me let me touch on the on the first one. This greatest thrower of the football we've ever seen. That needs to stop. I may have addressed this on a uh, earlier uh, podcast, you know, some months ago or even years, whatever. But fact is, what makes him the greatest thrower of the football we've ever seen? Yeah, he doesn't throw picks. I get it. He's very, very smart about his delivery of the football. And it's not that he doesn't throw picks because, you know, he's not throwing the ball a lot because he puts up tremendous yardage, tremendous touchdowns. He's just very smart about not putting the ball in harm's way. Totally get it. But this whole greatest thrower of football we've ever seen, why is that? Is he a better thrower of football than Warren Moon definitively? No. Is he definitively a better thrower of football than John Elway? No. I mean, we can't know that. But we also can't go by stats, obviously, because the stats for quarterbacks today, based on the rules, you can't hit them, you can't hit the receivers, all that makes it a whole, and play design makes it a whole lot easier to have the higher completion percentages and all the yards and all that. I get it. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from Aaron Rodgers. He's an all-time great. But does he really do anything in terms of throwing the football that Warren Moon couldn't do or that John Elway couldn't do? Put those guys in today's era with the rules the way they are and watch them annihilate every record in sight. I mean, let's look at it. John Elway is still the standard bearer for quarterbacks coming out of college in terms of you always hear uh, best prospects since John Elway. You know, that was Trevor Lawrence. That was Andrew Luck. Best prospects since John Elway. So, you know, this whole business of greatest throw of football we've ever seen. I don't know if I can really agree with that. Yes, he's an outstanding thrower to football, but is he more mobile than any one of the two guys I just mentioned? No, not particularly. Does he have a bigger arm than the two guys I just mentioned? No, not particularly. Can he make throws on the move that those guys couldn't make? No, not particularly. So this greatest thrower to football, that almost seems like something that's been made up to mask the fact that even though he does have the one Super Bowl, he has been regularly and consistently, uh, how am I looking to say this? He's been regularly, consistently ineffective in the playoffs, right? I, I believe this is now 11 seasons since he won a championship, a Super Bowl. You see this guy consistently flame out. Uh, I think he's, what, one in four in NFC championship games. Now he's, uh, what, 0 and four all time in uh, against the 49ers in the playoffs. And, you know, you hear a lot of his pom-pom waivers in the media always talking about his defenses don't show up, blah, blah, blah. Well, his defense showed up last night. They played their butts off. What do we have to say about that? I mean, I just, I, I don't get it. Yes, again, he's an all-time great, but we got to stop this nonsense of putting him in uh, categories where he doesn't belong, right? He's just... Yeah, he's got one championship. A lot of guys don't have one championship. Well, the aforementioned Warren Moon does not have a championship. Dan Marino doesn't have a championship. Dan Marino could spin it as well as anyone who ever played, but he doesn't have one. So at the end of the day, 
if we want to put Aaron Rodgers in such elite company and put these titles on him, well, then he's got to earn the rest of it, right? Most people are going to tell you he's more talented than Tom Brady, but guess what? I'll take Brady any day, right? Um, what is it? Uh, hard work. Well, basically, there's a saying that that hard work plus talent beats um, talent that hardly works. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers hardly works, but do we know of any quarterback who has worked harder and made more out of themselves than Tom Brady has? I, I don't think so. But this is not an Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady discussion because realistically, that's not a discussion. That's like LeBron James and Michael Jordan. It's not a discussion. But at the end of the day, um, Aaron Rodgers flames out once again. This is a situation where he can't blame his defense. His defense, you know, they played their butts off last night, did everything they could. He simply couldn't get the job done. There's no reason why a guy who's probably going to win his second straight MVP and fourth overall couldn't get more than 10 points on the board for his team. Now, with all that said, that is no disrespect to the Niners, whose defense also played their butts off <laughs> in wake of subpar quarterback play offensively. So now let's switch gears. As great as the Niners defense was, I almost want to say Jimmy Garoppolo was equally as bad. If you watched that game last night, this is the second week in a row that Jimmy Garoppolo has literally tried to give the game away to the opposition. I really don't understand what he's doing out there, and he's going to get credit because he drove him down and got him in position for the game-winning field goal. He's going to get credit because overall um, – the 49ers are much better record-wise when he plays with under Mike Shanahan than when he doesn't. I get it. Now, that also, if you got to look at it realistically, that just speaks to the state of their backup quarterback situation. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, unless he wins the Super Bowl and plays lights out, is probably going to be gone after this year. And, you know, they they moved heaven and earth last offseason to get Trevor Lance in, a, in a, Trevor Lance. Uh, I can't remember his name. But it's not Trevor Lance, but to get Lance in the uh, in the in the first round of the draft. So um, at the end of the day, they've got their heir apparent. They've got their guy in waiting. And I just can't understand, like, what is Garoppolo out there doing? Again, he tried to give the game away on multiple occasions. This is the game that the Niners probably should have won relatively easily or at least more easily than they did. And, you know, mistake after mistake. It's It's almost like. It, I mean, I'm not insinuating that he is, but watching these games, it's almost as if Garoppolo's out there point shaving. It is crazy the way, you know, these games that the Niners should be winning more handily are coming down to the end because he can't close it out. I know Shanahan's got to be going crazy inside. He's going to say the right things. He's going to do the right things, but it, it really is ridiculous. So um, watching this, the way the Niners play and the way they win is just almost an indictment of modern football, right? Now, I'm not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's the case, but it's back to those simple premises I always talk about, notwithstanding the Bengals winning yesterday, but run the ball, stop the run. Like the 49ers are absolutely determined to be physical on both lines, defensive and offensive, you know, in terms of dominating the line of scrimmage running the football and not getting away from what they do realistically, because they know they can't, they can't get too far away from what they do because Jimmy Garoppolo is not a dude that's going to be able to win games for you. If you need him to, that's just not, 
that's not the way he's built. That's not the type of player he is. Now, again, he could, you know, go on a run and be a game manager and possibly win a championship. You know, the way these guys are defending and the way they're running the football is very possible because these are, as I've said time and time again, tenants to winning football. So it, it could happen. But at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't count on Jimmy G. I wouldn't bet on that. And, you know, on the other side of the bracket in the NFC, I also would not bet against Tom Brady. Now, um, side note, the effort that the San Francisco 49ers defense put forth yesterday, D'Amico Ryans, we've heard his name in terms of uh, head coaching uh, possible candidates. The way his defense is playing, <laughs> he may be getting himself a job this offseason, and that would be freaking awesome. I mean, number one, for in terms of the paucity of uh, minority, especially African-American uh, coaches in the NFL. Right now, out of 32 teams, there is only one. So, you know, to, to get some more guys. And listen, it's not for me generally about um, just hiring black guys because they're black. I don't, I don't really believe in that. But in a league that's 70% black, there's no excuse why you should have only one black head coach. Diversity is really important. In all walks of life, diversity is important. I mean, you want to have coaches that can better identify, better represent your player base, better represent a lot of your fan base, and, you know, in some cases, better communicate with players. And, and you know, we've seen it. Um, African-American coaches don't generally get, and this is, you know, kind of getting off, uh, off base from just wrapping up the game yesterday, but in terms of D'Amico Ryan's getting an opportunity, African-American coaches don't often get the opportunity You've got a number of outstanding black coaching candidates this offseason. And well, we'll see how many of them actually get jobs. Now, with that said, um, like I said, the the defense of the 49ers, man, they played lights out yesterday, as did the defense of the Packers. And I know, I know they gotta be so upset, the Packers defense, that is, with what the offense could not do, you know, basically wasting that effort. And this is not a situation where you can talk about what the Green Bay Packers defense didn't do in terms of what they gave up, because we often hear from the Aaron Rodgers apologists how, you know, in five different playoff games, he's had a defense that gave up 38 points or more. Well, if you're supposed to be this all-time great quarterback the way they say you are, if your defense is giving up those type of points that puts you in a shootout, then you got to score more. That's all there is to it. But, you know, yesterday he comes up short again, not even in the conference title game, but in the divisional round. He comes up short again. Um, there's something about the 49ers. I think they just seem to have the Packers number. I don't know if it's, you know, Shanahan knowing Matt LaFleur extremely well. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers maybe having, you know, some type of mental glitch or bugaboo against the Niners and just overall not playing well against them. I, I don't know what it is, but the 49ers got past them again. They're into the conference championship game. They are doing it the way Shanahan wants to do it, physical game on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, it's good to see that football played that way can still be successful. Now, how that works out against the Rams or the Bucks, the winner of that game, um, actually Shanahan has a very good record against uh, Sean McVay. So I guess he would be very, very confident if he should have to line up against the, uh, the Rams. Um, very, very confident about the opportunity to win that game and, and get a Super Bowl berth. Um, if it's the Bucks, well, then, you know, my take on that, I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady, but we'll see. But overall, you know, just watching, I'm so anxious, uh, you know, today and, and tomorrow in terms of the sports talk throughout the, uh, the football world, 
to hear what type of excuses will be made for the Aaron Rodgers apologists or by the Aaron Rodgers apologists, if any. At some point, we got to start holding this guy responsible and realize that it's quite possible that we have overrated this guy. Not we, because I don't I don't put him up there where most people put him up there, but that he has been overrated over time. You know, tremendous uh, regular seasons. He, he's got the awards and all that. But when it comes down to when it counts most, well, most of the time he's not even there. So, you know, we'll see. But anyway, uh, thanks for checking in. Appreciate you uh, listening up to the show. This was a quick one. And if you like the show, please do me a favor. Give me a thumbs up. Um, if you want it audio, you know, you can get it wherever you get your audio, uh, your audio shows. Um, give me that five-star review if you enjoyed it. And also go ahead, uh, click the uh, subscribe button in the lower right corner of your screen and click that bell so you can be notified when new shows come out. All right. And um, probably within the next couple of days, get another show out to talk about the results of the Bills Chiefs and the Bucks Rams, which should be two more outstanding games. I see why they say that the divisional round of the playoffs is the best weekend in football because we had two outstanding games already and looks like we're about to have two more today. So anyway, I'm out. Enjoy the games. Peace.